Valverde. Nacho! This is the Pyro Podcast, episode one of the 2016 season. Starting them fresh, starting them new. Awesome times. This is show two sixteen. <laughs> My iPad was starting up there. Two sixteen. So we're starting the new season. We got the uh, Super Bowl behind us. And now we're heading towards as many podcasts as humanly possible in a year until next Super Bowl. Good times. In the show, we are going to talk quickly about the Super Bowl that just happened on Sunday. Talk about some of the top stories from that. Stats, fantasy football, blah, blah, blah. Then we will get into this episode is going to be, it's never too early to go to sleepers. So we're going to start throwing out our way too early sleepers. Um, put our stakes in some guys that we're pretty excited about and think has some good trajectory going into fantasy football for next season. As usual, I got Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way. Dogmatica to my right. I am D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And we're friggin' psyched to announce that after this show, we will be taking a two-week hiatus. Uh, something we have not done, I don't think, since we started this deal. I know we've always done one right after the Super Bowl. Maybe we missed one week or took a one-week vacation, but we've never taken a two-week vacation, and good grief, we deserve it. So we're excited to announce that, and um, we're going to be doing some blabs between now and the next show we do, but we just want to take a break, do a little decompression, long season. Uh, it's a year-round thing for us, so don't worry. We will be back on, what did I say, it was at Wednesday, like, the 4th or something of 2nd of March. Uh, so, we'll get we'll be back then with more fantasy goo. But, what's going on, dudes? How's uh, how's life? How's the Super Bowl treat you? <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's get right into it. Houdini, you won the last square? I won the last square. So, with all my money that I put in, I netted a Peyton Manning $18 in profit. Hey, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> big money, big, big money. money. No, big, big money. Dollar. No whammies, big bucks. That just, that just tells you you should never bet more than $100 in squares and expect to win a lot of money. <laughs> wow, okay. That's funny. That's a good way to do that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. should do that more with lottery tickets, I suppose, right? 
Yeah, because you have much better odds with the lottery. <laughs> but you know, higher, right. higher ceiling and upside as well. Yeah. What about uh, you, Stag Party? Where'd you watch the game? I got a good nap in. Well, let's just say that. Uh, it's very uninspiring if you're an offensive fan, but you know, after you get boozed up a little bit after a hockey game, you know, it's time to take a nap watching Peyton Manning try to orchestrate an offense. Still. That's right. How's your? How's your? What's the record on your? Uh, on your? We're doing all right. Game? We're three and one. I wanted to call it flag hockey. <laughs> uh, you're two and one, you said? You're playing floor hockey? Yeah, yeah, three nice, and one. Bro. Nice. It's going well. Dog, were you at the Corcoran's? I was at the Corcoran's, but of course, been doing it for, I don't know, I've been going there since the 90s, mid 90s at some point. Loved it. Loved that game, every second of it. It's my type of game. It's the exact type of game I expected and the exact outcome I expected. Nice. And I gotta say, I mean, it's. Plain and simple, everybody ever asked me, defense wins championships. And granted, Carolina has a great defense, and they did just fine as well, but the best defense wins championships. Let's just put it that way. So how about the, one of the more important things? Who had the best spread of food at their Super Bowl party? Mine was okay. Just Not okay? Yeah, Ours was pretty mine, phenomenal. Mine was Mark. don't mess around. Rib tips, wings, pizza, all sorts of dips and chips and all sorts of stuff. You know the course. The, the creme de la creme for us, something I'd never had before, meatball sliders. Nice, yeah. So yeah. meatballs uh, with the with the cheese all melted over them on a slider bun, and oh my god, that was an old Dewey staple. Yeah. <laughs> the party. You just got snack party thinking back to the day. <laughs> what should I eat tonight? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Occasionally. Yeah, uh, I definitely love me some meatballs, some meatball sandwiches. My spread was really lame, actually. Bad pizza. Bad pizza? Is there such a thing? Well, it was good pizza. It's actually coal fire, a good spot, but they brought it over. It was, I think it was leftovers from the previous night or something. They mm. brought it over. It was like so cold. It looked like everything looked real dark. I don't know. It's just like a thanks for bringing over your leftovers for re-gifting. Uh, but yeah. It's, it was about as good as the offense in the game. It was that that Super Bowl really was was pretty pretty lame. You, you could tell right away that this was going to be a futile uh, futile effort. And I like any game that's a good game. But that wasn't even a good game. Like that wasn't like it came down and it was fourteen to ten at the end. It was it was pretty much just nothing happening for Carolina all that. It Not, like and it wasn't anything really happening as we'll point out for Denver either. But Von Miller won. He did. My mantra throughout the game was, "Come on, Cam, let's make it a game." Oh. <laughs> yeah, it just kept coming up short, and like it was a game. Then he came up short or lame, and didn't dive for that ball, and got a lot for that. And then there's just things weren't there. And then there's bad challenges, whether you know they didn't review it when that's clearly a fucking catch, or you know challenges he makes later to gain like eight yards, but then have no challenges because he was wrong yep. the and first time. It's like what the fuck's going on in this game? And you're just watching. It's like. All right. Well, something gonna happen here. Something gonna happen here. Nothing really happened. The best, one of the best things though was the the prop bet that paid off. Mike Carey was wrong again on yep. his call. Now I don't think he was wrong on the call, but the way that it was uh, called in the game as a, as a non catch, uh, he was wrong. So and then if you notice, they had opportunities to go back. To have him review other things, and it just didn't even yeah. go to Mike yeah, Carey yeah, after that. Well, we gotta go to commercial. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna get his contract renewed. The Demarius Thomas one came through too. It came through like within the first like t- 
10 minutes of the game. I think it was two two drops over or under, and he was done like in the first two series. Oh yeah, and, and it was very reminiscent of the Seattle one where he got smoked coming across the middle. Yeah, oh, it man. really just seemed like uh, Denver was a bit hungrier. They got all the fumbles. They just made the right plays, and I don't know. It just seemed like everything was bringing all that juju to the uh, to the Carolina Panthers. All season, and it's happened. You've seen it before. It, it happens with Brady, too. All the fun and all the excitement under that big stage and those bright lights. Something just happens. You, you you get stressed out, and you get a, it just did not look like it was a fun deal. And all the dabbing, all the camera shining, and all that stuff, is just it just evaporated quickly. And the thing is, no one felt bad for him. You know, no one feels bad for you when you're lighting it up and in the limelight and everything's so hunky-dory and you're chumming it up and being really, you know, kind of fancy pants throughout the whole season. When you're getting shellacked in your ass whooped, no one's like, look at these little, look at these showboaters. I feel so bad for him. If he was gracious about it, I think people would have maybe felt bad for him. Like, oh, it was such a fateful season and it seemed like they would have won. But the fact that he pouted and cried and bitched... And then, I mean, even in the interviews, you see, it's talking about that fumble that he could have gone after. He's like, nah, it wasn't worth it. I wasn't going to risk injury. You just basically told your teammates, don't go after something if you don't feel it's worth it. Don't don't really put your all into the game. You know? Are you it's, fucking kidding me? That guy is the worst leader I've seen in a long time. The other thing that he did, because that was also the day after, when he had a chance to, yeah, to think, think about it, it and, to, and to finally come through. And then he made another statement, which was, you know... Uh, you show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Well, so you're basically calling all the rest of your guys on your team that actually took the interviews and said all the things that they're losers because they did that. No, Cam, you're a putz in that regard, and you need to understand that. I, I still like Cam Newton, but it's like you, 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 you dropped a couple pegs of respect there when you have an opportunity. I understand the whole thing, of, it was, and it was ridiculous that he's right next to, to Chris Harris while he's giving his interview. Fine, I get that. But you have a day to, to let everything settle, and then people are asking you, and you know they're going to ask you the questions the next day, and you are just as much of a jerk the next day. There was an offensive line under the bus, too, you know, you know talking about where, you know, what are the things that... Denver didn't really do anything special. They just talking about how the offensive line, yeah, they gave up sacks. Well, yeah, of course, it's Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. Those guys played their asses off. It's impossible to stop those guys. Impossible to stop that defensive line. And he threw them under the bus. I just, I was starting to respect Cam a little bit. I really was. And I, you guys know how much I dislike that guy. I was starting to respect him towards the end of the season. I love the fact that he does give the balls to kids and stuff like that. And whether it's for his own gain or not, I have no idea now. But the fact of the matter is he had no class whatsoever at the end of the game there. None. The one thing I was pointed out, though, that I do agree with, at least he owns it. He owns being an asshole. He's like, yeah, I am a sore loser. It's, it, he owns it, at least. At least he, he knows he's a jagoff. And he says it out loud. The thing fun. is, all of America is out there attributing that quote to Cam Newton now, and it's a Vince Lombardi quote. It's a Vince quote. Lombardi quote, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> when I read that, I was, exactly. Yeah. It's, a Lins, it's Vince, Vince Lombardi quote. and You know, there's other state When... when uh, uh, which team did lose? Oh, uh, your boy Manning, when they, they lost to the Saints, he didn't shake anyone's hand. He walked out. He was a cock at the pre- uh, press conference uh, that year, a while ago, when he was with the Colts. No no one's making a big deal at that. Now, Cam Newton did undo a whole lot of great personal, you know, everyone's saying now he's all about himself, some personal uh 
respect that he's gained from people like myself and people that love the NFL that three three years ago people were, and we were on our show were like this guy after after press conferences after losing games to the worst body I mean he was making Jay Cutler look like a, a people person but <laughs> It's he undid a lot of undoing. You won, you win MVP, a, a very prestigious award, award the night before at those MVP uh, NFL awards, and then you do have that kind of game, and then you have that kind of post game, and then you have that kind of next day. It's 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 worrisome. This is the worst lunch I ever had. Your only job is to cook. Do you not realize I have had diarrhea since Easter's? Okay, maybe I am not meant for these duties. Cooking duty, dead guy duty. Maybe it's time for me to get a better duty. (laughs) Easters. You know what the other thing though that stood out to me in this game and it's, again, we talked last week in depth about the job that Wade Phillips did, right? He did it again. But I want to point out more to the fact of the job that Mike Shula didn't do. I mean, you realize that Cam Newton is sitting there in the pocket and taking a beating. And the only time that they had success when they moved the ball down the field was when what? He got outside the pocket and started to run. And you have how much time at halftime in a Super Bowl to, to do all kinds of, of different things? They didn't do one thing different in the second half than they did in the first half. They didn't do one thing different in the Super Bowl than they had done the week prior when they had, when they had uh, won in the championship game. So that arrogance that, that they were showing as a team goes straight to also to Mike Shula. Where's your arrogance? You're, you're, you know, give me a break. You need to look at the game plan and go, okay, this is not working. We have one of the most athletic, amazing quarterbacks who can throw on the run, who can do things with his legs. And granted, you know, I know he likes to throw from the pocket, but when it's not working, you do something different. It's the Super Bowl. I mean, how many rush yards did he have at halftime? Like 45? How many rush yards did he finish the game with? 45? Like, I don't think he ran after halftime. Uh, I don't remember seeing it. Uh, could be because I was asleep <laughs> wholeheartedly. But Wake up, Sags. I mean, they ran the option a couple times early. That seemed to work. That was the only time they got any sort of space to run. And then they started giving the ball to Tolbert for who knows what reason. And they started giving the ball to Fozzie because all these other guys are out there. And it's like, oh, yeah, Jonathan Stewart, he's got two yards per carry. You know, the zone read wasn't particularly effective, but the option plays were working. So they, they didn't go back to the boat, uh, the well very much. That, that, that I agree they, may, they maybe would have had success going back to. But in, in defense of Cam and Shula uh, in this situation, Denver, as I said they would, were, they were shadowing. Cam. They put somebody on Cam all game long. I think they got away from it for a little bit, and I think that's actually when he started running and doing well. But he started taking some hits, and it's not easy. I mean, when you got a ferocious defense like that hitting you, uh, I, I'm sorry, he's gone through a whole year <laughs> of getting hit, and I'm sure it wasn't feeling good after a while getting those guys, you know. Obviously, because that's what he said why he didn't go after the damn fumble. Yeah. I mean, they man, they man, they played man all game. That gives huge amounts of room for Cam to run. He, he wasn't very interested. You know, the second half, he didn't really have a shadow, and he didn't want anything to do with it. He didn't want to run. You know, he got sacked like eight times in that game. He got hit a bunch more. You know, just everybody was in his face. Uh, Football Outsiders had a, had a good, couple good articles on their uh, site showing some of the videos and some of the opportunities, shadow or not, that Cam had right out of the gates. And it's one of the things that they didn't do when he was running. They never just had him 
get the ball and run. And he's done that so many times all season. He never just like got it and ran. He was always doing the play action. He was always doing other stuff or waiting for a play to break down. And then he was trying to get out. And but never just like hike go. And there were some opportunities in that in, in that setting for him. Uh, check out Football Outsiders. I was looking at some of their little like vines of the game, and it's it pretty telling. That last thing I, I, I really want to say on it. I don't have much else to say about the Super Bowl, but when it comes down to it. In the end, and I think I, I said it last week as well, and I'll say it until the end, I would rather take a quarterback. I don't care how bad Manning's arm is. Uh, I don't care how much he's slipped in, you know, in his last couple of years here compared to what he used to be. But I'd rather have a guy who's poised, who's been around the game, who's been there before, who isn't going to fold under pressure, who's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I'd rather take a guy like that with no arm than take somebody green like Cam who isn't used to winning in the playoffs, first of all. Second of all, he's never been there before. I mean, it just, I think it just all kind of got to him. I, I, honestly, in the end, I think that was kind of it. He's like, he's supposed to be a big runner. Maybe he wanted to prove his arm a little bit, prove he's a little bit more than just a, a running quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he folded under the pressure and it showed that experienced and somebody like with a, I'm sorry, with one of the best brains that's ever played the game uh, running the show there. I don't care about his arm. That is what won out, and I'm sorry, the athleticism. I don't know that that's what won out, because Peyton Manning, they just said, you're not going to lose this game for us. Yeah. Especially after he threw that stupid interception to Ely, which was one of the worst interception throws I've ever seen. Should have had about, I saw two other drops, one by the set, the best cornerback in the league, Norman dropped yeah. him right in his hand. But he should have had four friggin' interceptions. That's but, why Norman is a corner, But this is also he can't my, catch the ball. Still, he's, he's but hold on, he this is four. also the point, is that Peyton Maybe Manning didn't do anything to win that game. Nothing. Nothing. He the fact that when you get to third and threes and third and twos and, and the coaching staff goes, we're gonna run the ball because we don't want Peyton to throw the ball and throw an interception. The best that, line the best line I heard uh, sorry is Peyton Man in picture with his stats under him after the game talking about, well, I'm gonna have a Budweiser. I'm gonna, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna drink a Budweiser. Uh, is the fact that w- when you're in a group project and you do nothing and still get an A. <laughs> but the other thing that I want to get, you know, you got to say with Cam, number one, you look at the first couple, that first series, when he completely overthrew, was it uh, Corey Brown on the outside pass first? first by, pass the, it, you know, Wide you could tell right then and there, okay, you're a little bit too amped up or whatever, and you're making these bad throws. But at the same time, this was also an indictment on the fact that they have done nothing to give him any type of receivers, because how many passes were dropped? That were in players' hands that just were, you know, you're like, oh, okay, that's going to be, oh, no, the ball's out. They, I mean, they dropped Jericho so And that was early. Oh, that and, was early. And, so well, it's and, 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 and Corey Brown. Philly Brown dropped a couple passes, too. Yeah, I mean, there were lots of drops. Though, and Demaryius Thomas. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. It's not just like the Panthers are the only one who dropped balls. You know, the, the Broncos dropped balls, too. There's, there's a lot of jitters in that in that game. It's a well, big stage. 41 passes for Cam to 23 for for Peyton. There were a lot more drops by the Carolina Panthers. And yet I would still say that Manny was more valuable to his team in that game than Cam was. Uh, I don't I know. I think Brock man. Osweiler would have done a much better job. I, I think Brock, I Brock Osweiler would have thrown three interceptions and lost the game. That's, <laughs> that's fine. He's, hey. he's running out of time. He can't do this anymore. This is the last one he's ever going to be able to talk about this stuff. Peyton Manning, the only thing cerebral he did during that entire game was deciding that punts were better than him throwing picks. And that's it. 
So he started handing the ball off on third and 17 and, you know, hey, rode the back of C.J. Anderson and they finally rode C.J. Anderson instead of riding Ronnie Hillman, which, I, was, which was the best thing they did all game. <laughs> if, yeah, absolutely. Ronnie Hillman should not be on that team. He should not have seen the field. He should have been inactive. They should have had Jawan Thompson. Active and he had what, five Hillman carries gone. for zero yards. Yeah, yeah, that guy's just—he's so just really bad. But but he'll be in Miami next. I year. saw some audibling though that Manning. Yes, it was probably audibling off of a pass into <laughs> into a run. Either way, that's a smart thing to do. Uh, I'd say that's. I'll tell you what, CJ Anderson, and that first drive he had was awesome. He was really good in that first drive. And, it, yep. and after that, watching that first drive, you knew this was going to be a, a long day for Carolina. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we talked about that, too. Off. We said how that first <laughs> yeah. drive turns out it was going to determine a lot of how this game was going to go. If Denver is able to move the ball in that first drive, and they did. And, and the other thing, though, is if you're going to give the offensive MVP for Denver, it was 100% C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson, period. Agreed. The last thing I'll say about it is, for Cam and whatnot, is... Had a bad day at the office. It's just too bad that 112 million people had to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have a better day than the next day at the office. He didn't have a good job coming into the boss explaining what went wrong. Nah, Anything? I like that. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> I liked what he said. I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I the wish... police blotter over the next few months. The, the, difference is though, right the difference is, though, you're the quarterback, that, yeah. and, and people expect more from the quarterback position in the NFL as far as... That part of what being a quarterback in the NFL is being able to win the podium, too. Well, he lost a, the podium. Yeah, there's a video from last year with uh, Russell Wilson after it, at the podium after he throws an interception on the one-yard line, and it's basically like they showed both they're doing it. Russell was like, I haven't seen the film yet. He's like, you know, you just want to win. You just want to go. It's like, I, you know, I, of course I wish I could have made the throw again. He's just like being very professional. He's not like being a slouch, not being a... The whole bomb, oh, I just lost the biggest day of my life. And it, it was pretty telling on just the two different styles of, 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 a, of a leader. So, um, you know, the one thing I'll say with, with Cam in that press conference, he said, so what do you think, what's going on right now, what are the thoughts about your team in the Carolina Panthers? And he said, we'll be back. So that's one of the first things he said, we'll be back here again, we'll learn from our mistakes. However he wants to go through it, you sure can go will. through it's, it. It's a great team. The, the worst thing, I think, I, I, you got to give credit to the other team when they win. When he said that Denver did nothing special, I lost it. I could not believe what I was hearing. Yeah. How can you say that Denver did nothing special? That was like one of the best defensive efforts I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Are you kidding? They just oh, we didn't mention... Yeah, Wade Phillips won, so we gotta get our one Wade Phillips mention. Well, I, I, I'm out there. I'm out there. Oh, okay. Over under. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, you want? You got any audio there for us? As we segue over to some sleeper picks. Well, let's just let's just put a death to the season with uh, in, the, in the Panthers with this one. Congrats, Broncos and Broncos Thank you fans. For coming here today. This man lived a good life. He had. A wonderful woman. A lush garden. And a collection of Russian nesting dolls. May he rest in peace. <laughs> that was like some weird heavy breathing. I don't even know what was going on. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope people can hear it. Um, well, as you know, our favorite part of the uh, fantasy football fire pyro podcast. We like it all, but we love the off season. And 
One of the reasons why we love the offseason is because we can really start talking and preparing you for the next season and giving you strategy and giving you thoughts and giving you some of your getting inside of our heads on and, and just our, our mantra is that there's no offseason and there's no time to sleep. So we're going to get right into sleepers. And obviously you guys know what a sleeper is. Some people will like, is that, is that really a sleeper at this point? Bear with us. It's early in the offseason. If you think that this guy is obvious to somebody else, um, then, you know, you're, you're awesome. Maybe you're right. But we're going to still run with a bunch of guys here. Some might be deep sleepers. Some might be non-sleepers and already on the, in, in, in people's radar. But uh, we're still going to say them, and we're sticking to it. And trust us, between our draft kit, between all the podcasts we have and the content we have on our website, pyromaniac.com, there will be plenty of updates to sleepers and all that good stuff from between here and the kickoff uh, in early September. Anyone want to start them off? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there as long as we're on the Broncos. I think C.J. Anderson, who in all respects during the regular season probably should be a very late-round pick looking at the numbers, but I think he's, oh, he's I think a he's, bust on this season. He was a bust this season, big time. The but, big, biggest there was. But right now, I think that he is... Not bigger than Eddie Lacy. That's true. Yeah, yeah close. it's pretty close. close. It's debatable. Um, it, it really is debatable, actually. Well, when you're pick, when you're number one running back versus the number ten running back, I'd say Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Eddie Lacy owns number, the owns bust. Eddie Lacy three is number seven. three, in, and Eddie yeah. Lacy was also busting out of all of his pants because he kept eating so much. That's the fact. Um, Funny, but I mean, Ronnie Hillman's gone. He's a free agent. I, I very highly doubt they bring him back. Uh, C.G. Anderson's a restricted free agent. I do expect him back, and I expect him to be the bell cow. I mean, without, you know, if Manning's not going to be there, it's going to be a different offense. I think they're going to move to more running offense, and I think it's going to work out for him. I think that he's definitely a good uh, a good guy to jump on early right now. Yeah, I mean, depending on where you can get him, I definitely won't be spending an end of the first round, second round pick on him, but hey, right when you get it's around three, and there's, you know, your options are going to be very limited. It's going to be a weird draft, and you're going to look at C.J. Anderson round three, and you'll be like, well, he could, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like a Mark Ingram last year. It's like, well, he's got, you know, he's shown a little bit. Can he stay healthy over the full course of the season? Can he stay limber enough or whatever he needs to do in the beginning of the season? Because he's had two great ends of the seasons. So he's got to do something to be more like he is at the end of the season, early in the season, or else he's going to end up being another bust for you. You gotta be able to safely put him in your lineup in week one. Seeing him on that uh, on that fire truck, you know, obviously you're celebrating. It's the parade, good times. But he looked like somebody that's gonna be partying for the next two months to me, and not someone that's gonna get back into the gym too quickly. So you got plenty of off season. Amen. You just were a champion. Do whatever you got to do. But I'm not fully feeling like uh, my gut doesn't or my. Gut instinct doesn't tell me that this guy's going to be a gym rat. My gut tells me that my pants are too tight. <laughs> should, we, should we have some sort of structure to this? Should we just go? Should we go? No, no, free 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 yeah. <laughs> So last show, yeah, we're about to go on vacation for two weeks. Yeah. All right. Now, now's not the time to structure this shite. Free balling, way to do it. Free yeah. balling. Um, but that, that's interesting, and it'll be cool. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that team and free agency in the draft. And if they think that they don't, uh, can't rely on C.J. Anderson, that team, really, I think you slot in a Brock Osweiler. If you can get some sort of passing attack, you got great wide receivers, you can get some sort of running, running attack, 
and keep that defense, which they're going to keep it. More defenders are going to want to go there because it's one. Of, it's an all-timer defense. This team is, after winning and seeing uh, one of the best players ever to go off into the sunrise, they are primed to be back in the Super Bowl next year. I mean, this team is just legit. Absolutely. I don't I, see I mean, them falling it, off really at all. I mean, it's... All on the shoulders of Brock. They already said they're done with Mr. Peyton Manning, so yeah. we'll sort of see where it goes. Well, we will. It's... But he's a free agent himself. We'll see how much more love you have for Tom Brady, though, when we come uh, to the start of next season. And uh, Well, you know, I think the, I think that the we're going to talk. Forte is going to be a Patriot, and I think the Patriots will be there. But Denver's got to say but why do you defense. think why do you think Patriots are going to sign Matt Forte? Because they will. Why? Because they will. <laughs> <laughs> but why? They don't have a great cap situation to sign a 30-year-old running back. Only if they can back. get him for cheap. I know. Well, but, I, but I don't think he's going anywhere trying to make some big payday. He's, he's made a ton of money. He's 30 years old. He's made a ton of money. He basically told the Bears that he wouldn't give a hometown discount. Yeah, so why would yeah. he? I think he's he going to go for the most possible money he can get. I think he's going for a championship and some good cash. And a good situation where he can ride off for the next three, four years and possibly get a ring. It's, it's, I think he's. I think he's gonna go there. He does it's seem a like a, a genuine uh, kid. So and I they mean, could I, use that guy. Does, the thing yeah. is, I disagree. Everything he does well, Dion Lewis does better. Like, yeah, I don't think that Dion Lewis will still be great, even if they do sign Forte. I do not think that they think that that injury prone guy is is yeah, really that, you can rely on it. That's kind of a big one right there. Being able to stay healthy. Everyone loves him. Matt Forte is now the picture of health after last season, I guess. Deion Lewis this is isn't about that. This isn't about that. Since he was you born. You cannot <laughs> believe me, but when it happens, I'll remind you about this. Sorry for bringing up Tom Brady and the Patriots. <laughs> it was sad. I you much, should be. I much rather would watch the Patriots in that game than I would have the Broncos. <laughs> it would have been a better game. I don't want to hear Tom Brady's name for another six months. Tom Brady. That's fucking it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, who's got another sleeper here for us? Someone throw it up before I start. All right, I'll throw up to Von Austin. All right, now, I understand that there's not a lot of luck for this guy. You can look at all of his stats and it's like, okay, he didn't really have, he didn't have a 100-yard receiving game. He didn't do any of this stuff, but I look at what's going on with the Rams. The Rams are a weird situation anyway. The team that's going to be moving and all this other stuff, but... What you do have is you do have now he got a lot better once you had Todd Gurley established into that offense. That defense does not need a lot of help. So I expect them to really be going after a lot of offensive additions in this offseason. He really needs them to get a real quarterback, and or at least a serviceable quarterback, not a Nick Foles, and to get one other solid receiver that can slot him down. Because I think that he's one of these guys that would do a lot better when, and, it, and this is part of the reason why he did better once Gurley established himself as not being any type of a focus for, for defenses to worry about. Because then he's, he is that kind of tricky player. He can have one of those weird Percy Harvin type seasons that Percy had earlier in his, in his career where it's like you, you, you go, wow, the talent, the speed, everything's there. Can you get someone to throw in the ball? Can you get someone on opposite on, at a wide receiver to start drawing some attention away? And I think that he's one of these guys that will just slip under the radar. And when you talk about sleepers, Austin is still not going to be a guy that's going to get taken until in a draft, round 10, round 11. And even I though, like Even though he finished his wide receiver 21. Well, that's good. That's good. It's still gimmicky. He's yeah, still yeah. gimmicky, and no, one, and, no one, and no one buys into it. That's, that's why I like it. The question I got for you is: How many receptions did he have this year? Fifty-two. So fifty-two receptions, but he had a bunch of like rushing touchdowns. How many touchdowns? He had four rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. on fifty-two rushing carries. 
52 carries. Okay. Um, As opposed to passing carries. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what happens? What happens if, if uh, you know, you said uh, the quarterback uh, Foles? Foles. Yeah. I always call him Folk. They, they, are they going to retrade those guys back for each other? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read, Somebody I read threw the, that out there. And I read the Eagles. Right. I read the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, no. hey, can we redo this one? Let's, go, let's undo. Uh, Put your backs. Backsies. But here's the thing. Nick Bowles isn't guaranteed to be the starter. No, he's not. You know, they've got Case Keenum, who's an unrestricted free agent, who they yep. apparently like more. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, they could bring somebody in through the draft, or they could continue to pile up with offensive linemen like they tried to do last year because their defense is pretty pretty stellar, except for maybe on the back end they could use a little bit of help. Uh, the question is, do they make a concerted effort to get the, him the ball 100 times again next season? Is that something they're going to do, or is this going to be more a Todd Gurley getting 75% of the work well, all around rather than you know trying to get the ball to Tavon Austin? Because you know, three carries a game here or there, you know, those are coming from somewhere. Yeah, but you know what? Look at the things that are so effective, especially when you have a guy like Gurley. You use the speed of Tavon Austin with those jet sweeps. That helps draw the defense. So part of that is that you need to give him some touches in that regard because you have to make defenses respect it. Then they start respecting it, and then you're able to burn them on other on other plays. And if they're going to overcommit to Todd Gurley, then that gives Austin opportunities. And that type of speed is ridiculous. And you know you, you see his playmaking ability as a returner as well. So he, if you get points for return yards or whatever, then he's obviously going to be up on your radar. But if you at least get points for those touchdowns that he can get in the in the return game as well, it makes him more intriguing. And again. Because he's gimmicky, I just think that he totally falls. And when I'm picking guys uh, to, to be a wide receiver and I'm in round 10, 11, 12, I want a guy like that, especially who could just take – you give him four t- touches in the game, he could potentially end up with 80 yards and a touchdown. My thing is that with gimmick guys, I never feel comfortable starting them. Like, I can draft them. He can finish it wide receiver 21. That's a great thing. I got an ADP value, but I'm sitting there looking at him every week, and I can't put him on my fucking starting lineup because he's a gimmick player. Yeah, but hold on <laughs> a second. Wait a minute. That, that's, a, that's a BS argument because a guy that you draft from around 10, 11, 12, or 13, you're not expecting to start. But, no, no, no. But, there but are, why there do are, I want him on my team if because I'm never there, going to start him? You will because there are bye weeks and there are times where you're going to have but to start But even during times. bye weeks, I sit there and I'm like, I don't want to start Tavon like, Austin. And then I'm you don't like, get his points that end up at 21st overall. Or zero. I'm not, unlike Sex, I'm not saying specifically for a Tavon Austin, even though he does fall in that construct of the guy. There are guys that I, you just are like, it's uh, you're shooting a free throw blindfold and it's just like, uh, you're really hoping for the best and it's... Really kind of scary to throw a guy like Tavon Austin in the starting lineup. I agree where you're getting him picked up, but sometimes I feel like that's a lot of points that will be on my bench as well for guys like that. I, I, I would have to agree with that. It, it's tough to start a gimmick guy, even if he is scoring, because it's still a crapshoot and you know the way the gimmick guys go. I think the fact of the matter is, is that the reason why, I, maybe I would take him in the 12th round or later, that's fine, but the reason why he won't be on my team is because there's too many ifs. If, this the whole ramps situation. First of all, the moving and all that stuff. That's going to cause a lot of confusion, a lot of ups and downs, and who knows what the fuck's going on. But the fact of the matter is, there's also receivers that they're scared of drafting now because they drafted like eight of them in like a three-year stretch, and none of them worked out. So they're afraid of drafting receivers at this point. So they're going to have to go sign a receiver to play opposite a Kenny Britt or whatever. 
Gurley is a, a guy that they don't want to run into the ground because, uh, I'm sorry, but he's still coming off of major injury. And I don't think they're going to try and run him into the ground, but I think they do Isn't want to Jeff base the Fisher offense still on. the coach? They don't have a, a, a yes. quarterback that's worth talking about. And if they want to improve anything really in the draft, I think the best way to do is do the offensive line. Does that improve uh, his stock at this point? I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Maybe I mean, it improves Gurley's stock, but it doesn't improve Austin's stock all that much. I think you're right, though. He's about he's going to be a value pick. Where he falls and where he ended versus where you're going to be able to get him, there's no question. The guy's going to be a value pick. Um, and, he's, and he's getting better every year. Stags, you're right. It's just this guy needs to touch the ball. I'm he does, shit happens. I'll make one final True. point about it. Just listening to, the, to to what you guys are all saying about him yeah. is why he's going to be a value and why he's going to be a sleeper because there's going to be a ton of everybody else in your league that's all going to stay away from him. No I'm right. not afraid of that. Sure. No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right, I'll go. I'll do a quick one uh, here just to follow up because we were talking about Forte earlier. I like Kadeem Carey. Uh, I liked when I was looking at the kid run this year. He's kind of a nut out there, but I kind of love that about him. He's got high energy. He gets fired up. And, you know, to go on the argument that we've talked about over the past few shows, uh, you know, one of the Stags kind of concept thought processes, taking the other side of what could be, and, not, you know, obviously Jeremy Langford's going to be a good player, but he's going to go high, and who knows what, if he's going to be able to take, take the beating uh, of, a, of a starting running back, a bell cow. So, uh, Kadeem Carey looks like the kind of guy who uh, could, could be one of those late picks that if something go- happens with Langford and he goes down, this guy could be all of a sudden in for getting a ton of carries and a ton of opportunity, putting up fantasy points. So I like him. I, I like a carry, too. Um, I, I think that the Bears like a two-back offense. I, I think they liked using the, the, the dual guys, whether it was, I mean, Forte and Langford, I think, was ultimate. It's great. It was great to have those two guys. But I think carries better than uh, people gave him credit for. Uh, they did use him down the stretch a bit in, in spots that I, wasn't ex- uh, I was definitely not expecting him to, and he looked all right doing it. But he, he does have a tendency to get injured. That's a problem. Because and he I don't runs think so Lang- hard. Yeah, I don't think it's Langford the one that's uh, to be worried about getting injured so much as it is maybe a carry. That, I, that, my only concern with carry is that, is especially the way that he goes full bore yeah. every single time. And, you know, when you're doing that, he, he also... He, He's not a huge guy, right? But he runs to contact as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love him for his energy and, and his and, and his gamesmanship in that regard. But I worry about his health if he's going to be a guy that's going to get, say, you know, how many touches are you going to give him on the year? Is he going to get 150 touches on the year? And is, is he going to – is he going to break? For me, it's it's if something happens to Langford, now he's in he's in for a lion's share. That's why I would like a guy like him. I hear what you're saying about not maybe not having the body to take the load uh, – but one thing, I, the last thing I'll say, the reason why I like him, I never saw him make mistakes. He seemed like he was already, always like making a play. He was always doing. It was always positive with him. Uh, but you got anything, Stags? Oh, there's some ugly, ugly players out there. But I like Jeff Janis to potentially replace the Devonte Adams role in this sort of offense. You saw that he could do it. You know, scoring two touchdowns. Against those Cardinals, scoring a you know hail mary touchdown, showing he can go up and get it, and then also he's going to be a guy who only runs a couple routes, so that's the part that scares you. He's going to run the nines and he's going to run the slants. So 
can he develop more as a route runner and be trusted by Aaron Rodgers? Because he obviously wasn't trusted by Aaron Rodgers last year, or else he would have been out there more. And he was the only guy who was making fucking plays. Uh, well, the, the upper office, you know, they they actually have Janice's back. They want they wanted him in there, and you're right. Rodgers didn't have the faith in him, but with a Nelson back, and obviously it will be Nelson and Cobb, and I could definitely see Janice maybe playing a part in there. But I think that that third wide receiver role might be. Uh, a carousel, a little bit. You know, you got Everdaris there still, and you got, I mean, I don't know, they might even let go of Adams, to be quite honest. I've heard exactly. rumors about yeah. that. So, And Janice had issues with catching the ball, just like Devontae Adams. Now, Adams was especially atrocious last year. At least year he caught it ball. down the field and not near the line of scrimmage like Devontae Adams. Half the time, Off Adams <laughs> looked like he was out there after a few Val Verdes. Chancho. When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun. <laughs> oh, another and uh, Val Verde. And I don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. I'm also <laughs> buttload of crap. A big, big fan of Buck Allen. I mean. I don't know if he's going to get a lion's share of the running load or if he's going to get the touchdown with Lorenzo Talafiero back there. But he's the best receiving running back on that team. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens threw it to running backs. I think they were top five in the league last season. That's a staple of Mark Trustman's offense. They're going to throw it to the running backs. Plus, we really didn't get a chance to see him with the full complement of players around him. Uh, he averaged nearly 11.5 fantasy points a game over the last seven weeks of the season. You know He's capable of carrying a bigger load if they ask him to, but the thing is, he's, he's just a better receiver than Justin Forsett. Justin Forsett averages like a career five yards a catch. He nearly averages more yards per rush than he does yards per catch. I think with one year under his belt now, I think plain and simple in all respects, he's a better player. And Justin Forsett, not just in catching the ball, I think in running the ball, I think I think even in blocking, he's he starting to come to his own. Forsett was actually pretty good at it, but I, I think that whole offense should be on the sleeper call. To, to be quite honest, you th- you could throw anybody in there. Yeah, I got I love my Joe Flacco. He had in uh, I think it was he played ten games last year. Five of them he scored over twenty fantasy points. He threw thirty five or more passes in eight of those ten games. He threw for five three hundred yard games. Um, I mean, he's got it all going on, and if he, with Steve Smith coming back, Kamar Aiken has got to be taken on a better role because he took on the one role yeah, actually, and now yeah, and he looked pretty good doing it. So now he's got some experience playing in that offense and experience, uh, you know, not just within that offense, but being a starter that makes a big difference in this league. And then you got a Brashad Perriman who's going to be hungry. Uh, and have and out the tight ends. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Max, great Williams, tight ends. Max Williams and Buck Allen both are coming into the second year with a lot of confidence because because of all these injuries in that situation last year, they got a lot of game. They got a lot of opportunities and in their Crockett rookie Gilmore season. Crockett Gilmore is there, Gilmore. too. Yeah, Joe Flacco guy. had some great words about Crockett Gilmore that uh, I, can't, I can't remember exactly where the article was, but uh, he, he said that this guy is legit and for real and he can't wait to play with him next I, year. I do like the call of pretty much everybody there having potential value. Mm-hmm. We don't know. They're going to be under-drafted because we really didn't get a chance to see it all mesh together. Uh, and, you know, Mark Trustman's a good offensive coordinator. He's not a good head coach, but he's a good offensive coordinator. He knows how to get the ball to certain guys. Uh, they, 
I mean, who knows? Maybe even Anquan Bolden, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he comes back and he goes to the Baltimore Ravens. He goes to a team that can actually win football games. That would be That's awesome. my segue. Fine. I'll take it. Amen. I'm going. I think Bolden's staying in San Francisco. I think he likes it there. I think the, the whole thing with Chip Kelly coming back, uh, he's going to be able to get a lot of opportunities to be a, a, a steady dude. You got someone? I don't want to get paid to lose. I want to win. <laughs> I think Anquan Bold wants to win in the potentially the last season of his career. <laughs> I, I, maybe you're right, but I think he sticks around and wants Chase to go in that San high Fran bottom. Or Baltimore is a good place. Baltimore is much better. You get Baltimore had a rough season, but they're going to get a top ten pick. They're going to get Terrell Suggs back. They're going to get their starting quarterback back. They're going to get their starting wide receiver back. They're going to get their starting running back back. They'll get you well, know you don't you, you don't think there's a little bit of excitement going around right now with Chip Kelly yeah. coming into town and Kaepernick might be able to be uh, you know tamed into being the Kaepernick of old and not throwing a bunch of shitty the passes. Problem there and is... the thing I'm reading is that they're going to take LaQuinn Treadwell or whatever. So now he's got a, a, a stud who I think he's while he might be a bit overrated. I'm excited to see him in the combine, but he's going to be. They're, they're saying that the Niners are pretty much locked are interested in locking in on him. I like Bolden being that slow and steady force in in a Chip Kelly offense. If Kaepernick can freaking throw the ball, but if you want to win. I don't think you go to San Francisco because look at that defense. That defense is still garbage. And the fact is that you're going to have Chip Kelly's offense. What was the time of possession last year for for the Eagles offense? And you're going to put all that pressure on that defense? You may get fantasy points, but you're not going to win. Yeah. Well... So, sometimes this is about fantasy points. Yeah, I understand, exactly. but if you're talking about yeah. where Bolden wants no, to go to win, no, I'm not. That's yeah. what he's talking about. I'm saying he's sticking there. I think he's got his family set. He's in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Beautiful setup. The place place loves him. He just won the Walter Payton Award. He's like, why well, move around my last season? Let me just make. They'll give him a ton of money. Be in a new high power offense. Maybe ekes out two or three more years. Uh, I think he's going to stick right there. And unless he hates Kaepernick and he knows that Kaepernick can't get it done. That's the thing. If he does stick. He has a good role because he's a big slot receiver. And that's what Chip Kelly likes. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing. If he sticks, the role is sort of suited for him. I just don't know if he does. He's got an inaccurate quarterback, and he's an older player on a potentially, you know, one of the bottom, bottom feeders in that division. Man. Where did Bolden finish uh, for wide receivers last year without putting you on the spot? I like 40, 40? Yeah, 41, 42, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, I, anyway, congratulations to you on winning that uh, Walter Payton Award. 43. That guy is... Uh, He's a good dude, and when you think about when you think about him, he's. I'm going to segue to my next sleeper here, and again, we got to see the underwear Olympics. We got to see what happens in the draft and see where this guy lands. But I think the next Anquan Bolden X guy, but with major speed, is uh, that Braxton Miller dude, Ohio State uh, University quarterback that was just moved last year to wide receiver, and that guy even last year with the runs he was getting in the catch, he's just legit. Uh, so I love. The fact that what Miller can become like a Bolden-esque guy with not much time uh, as a wide receiver uh, before he goes and plays wide receiver in the NFL. For everything I'm reading in, in, in scouting reports say that this guy's receiver ready. He's not like a project. What? He's ready to go. And they also say he might be the one guy that can knock out this Adidas million-dollar bet. People are like, Braxton Miller is going to win a million dollars and break the all-time uh, 40 speed. No chance. He's yeah. not that fast. No, he's not. He's too he's thick. Not that fast. He's not that fast. But I mean, you. I mean, you. I guess you could throw him out as a sleeper, it. but it's a contingent sleeper. If he gets drafted by 
No. The Rams and Nick Foles is still the quarterback. <laughs> Sorry, no. If he gets drafted by you know the Bears and he's behind Kevin White and and let's say they resign Alshon Jeffrey, no. Uh, I mean, it's just depending it's on where he goes. Spot, yeah. See, to no, me I, also, I, I the high talk that. about Braxton Miller also to, shows me though. though. It also shows me that this is not a very deep year in the in the draft for wide receivers that we saw a couple years ago. There's a lot. There's a lot yeah. of number twos, not a lot of number ones. Here's the yeah. That's what I've been reading as well. Not. I don't watch as much college as I should. Uh, I bear, regarded around a lot of the the combine and I, a lot of the draft stuff, but I am a wide receiver guy. And Ohio State, I've seen them so many fucking friends that went to there, and they're always on around here that I do get to see them play. And what I've seen out of that guy is ridiculous, um, both in the championship game two years ago, uh, but also the other guy that I seem to always watch is the uh, Treadwell guy. And I think he's not as great. I don't think he's going to be like a, a, an electric, all-out, lights-out NFL guy. But I'm excited about both those guys. I'm, I'm going to go back to the San Fran. I didn't want to break off of that before before yeah. you did. But you, were, I, I kind of like a Carlos Hyde for next year, to be honest. Uh, you throw him in a, Ch- a Chip Kelly offense. A, a, the one thing I'm concerned about is that he's not... He's kind of the same thing that DeMarco Murray was. He's not the, the type of runner that they need in that type of offense. But he was so awesome in those first that first game, first couple of games. If he's back to full health, and and they get uh, I don't know they get things moving there real quickly uh, quickly with uh, with Kelly. I don't think he's a terrible call. I mean, a Chip Kelly offense, a, a, a Tressman offense, any of those offenses, those those are ones that are plain and simple. They're going to put up fantasy points one way or another. You know, even with as terrible of a year as everybody thought Jordan Matthews had, where did he end up in fantasy? Wide receiver 19. 19. That ain't too bad. You know, Aguilar was a complete and utter bust. But, I mean, even DeMarco Murray, even though everybody, he was a complete bust, but where did he end up as a running back? I running mean, he, back 14. Yeah. And he started out just fine until all the press got into everyone's head. He looked good to start. Here's the other thing about Carlos Hyde that I think works to to, to his advantage. And this this always happens, right? You get a guy who the year before was highly, highly touted, right? So all these fantasy owners went out and drafted him early. And then he fell in space, and then he, and then he disappeared because of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. So people forget about you. So as long as he doesn't have, like... This super stellar Julio Jones type preseason, like he did the, when we had him at Pegasar sleeper guy, and yeah. then became the top of everyone's board. Um, he'll be a guy that'll slide because yeah. they're going to be all the owners that owned him last year are going to be like, I'm not falling for that thing again. I'm going to go somewhere else. And you're going to have a lot of people who just weren't paying attention and not not seeing these things. And then he's he can he can surprise you because you're he's going to fall. And, 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 in, and in drafts, I can see him where he probably should be. You know, probably around four. Pick round That's four. That's where he's five. going currently. Is that where he is going currently? Yes. Okay. Well, I would say that uh, I, he's I, I going could in round four right now. That's expert. I, I I wouldn't be surprised because you know the experts also had him being the guy last year. So I, again, I think enough people were burned and spurned last year that I could see him becoming a fifth, sixth round pick, and then he becomes a great value and a great sleeper at that. Yeah, point. he's a post hype sleeper. That's it. <laughs> and, right. and the Chip Kelly factor. People will get burned again on that guy. He might come and it might be a total. Uh, Terrible situation again. Like it wasn't terrible, too terrible for the Eagles last year, but it might not live up to the hype. Uh, but I feel like a lot of players like the guy that I'm going to mention next. While we're still on San Francisco, I mean Kaepernick. I think he's a sleeper. I think so many people have been turned off by him over the years in ways that you're mentioning. Like 
why won't I grab a Kaepernick in the 18th, in a last, last round and just roll the dice? And if things start happening, all of a sudden, week one, he gets his mojo back and they figure it all out. You're sitting there on a gem that you can trade off. There's no reason not to do that, in my opinion. He's just that. He's it, it's it's a no brainer. I've been burned too much, so I'm one of yeah, those yeah. guys that's gonna yeah, let yeah. him go. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That, I agree. And most people, I feel like most people have been burned by him, Kaepernick. Okay. Most people have been burned by him. Like all fantasy owners have du- didn't get him the year they broke out, and, right? And then, so then, they, then they chase him the next year. So they, it's like everyone's like, Ugh. I don't know. Who knows? I, I, I'm I'm interested to see if he can heal up in the next seven months from his 17 different surgeries. That's a good point. That's uh, that's the biggest concern because he is he's had like three surgeries already and one of them was major and the other two were kind of minor. I want to see strength the schedule on that team. The, my big and I want to see off season and that's that's right. I'll get, get the reps to you real soon. He's, yeah, he's not he's not a uh, he, you know I was scary to hear him. I'm not a big mechanics guy. Uh, <laughs> gee, really? We couldn't tell. But he is a big Mike and the mechanics guy. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> Kaepernick's interesting. <laughs> Kaepernick's interesting. Oh, I'm just worried yeah. about his ability to throw the ball. And even when he was very good, he was only scoring, you know, 16-ish fantasy points a game. That was his average. And in today's NFL, that's a low-end QB, too. Like, if quarterbacks are just lighting it up that much to where if you're not getting 18 points from your starting QB, you know, Colin Kaepernick's out there giving you 16. What's the point? Yeah, running, but point. running, but running—it's a situation where the only reason why people are excited about Chip Kelly not sticking up for Kaepernick, so many unknowns, is what he was able to do at Oregon and the, with a running quarterback. So if they just say, "Hey, we know you suck at throwing, you're going to run the shit out of the ball uh, and, and throw it every once in a while," it's a different. It's a, you now, can be scoring fantasy points in a different way than you're used to seeing with the if Eagles. If he does become that Oregon style and and Chip finally has his running quarterback, does that then? How much does that eat into Carlos Hyde? No, it helps Carlos Hyde immensely. Yeah, <laughs> big time. It, always it, does. It always does. Doesn't it all, Curious, also help? Doesn't, doesn't it also help when the fact that Carl, Colin Kaepernick can't throw very well? So then they become a complete running type team. Could, but then, but then, then that also becomes. See, I'm just. I'm not sure what to make of no the doubt. San Francisco situation. They're and all going to me, slide so far that you can, yeah. that you don't you don't risk too much. Yeah, you know. You're not spending a lot of draft capital on Colin Kaepernick or any of these receiver type guys. So the real question is, is it going to be, you know, Carlos Hyde's probably going to be a top five, six, but he's going to be the guy that's the highest draft of them all. Then you might eventually take a late guy like a Vance McDonald at tight end who, you know, potentially could be a sleeper here. Just, you know, he showed showed some things. The question is... Colin Kaepernick improve on his 59% completion rate that he's had in his career. Uh, plain and simple, it, it, the more I think about it, Colin Kaepernick will not be the starting quarterback for a Chip Kelly offense. You're going it's just Gabbard? impossible. You're changing? You're, going, you're turning it, the corner impossible. on Gabbard? I, I don't know what they're going to do, but it cannot be Ka- Kaepernick. It's, 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 uh, pre- uh, the precedent for his offense is precision. You need to be precise. You need to be quick. You need to have a quick head, which he doesn't have. You need to have a quick motion, and he has the He's longest long, motion. Oh, of, such a and, long motion. It, it's just impossible for him to be the starting quarterback there. He's got to be able to audible at the line and be able to get those plays off like that, and he just can't do that. I just, yeah, I just can't see it. Only thing I'll say about it, and we'll see. Lot. This is why it's fun in the off season. It's so sweet. Jim Harbaugh, 
this week came out and said, I think there's a great future with Colin Kaepernick. I think this guy's a competitor. I think he's got the skills. I think he's going to figure it out. And he's like, I hope it's with Chip Kelly and with this current situation. That guy knows quarterbacks. That's all I'm going to say. If he's saying it, I kind of trust what he's saying. Even though, as a 49er fan and watching, no one was a bigger uh, Kaepernick pole smoker for the first two years in, 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 in the league. The last two, just seeing all these overthrows where like literally the wide receiver is like, oh my god. Walking back to huddle, that was the worst throw I've ever gotten in my life. Wide open. If I was Harbaugh, I would love to have Kaepernick as my college quarterback. There. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I got one the next, next guy. Thing, next next thing to say about Colin Kaepernick. This Diane. I'll take the pony. I can wrestle him, but you are tall and fast like a gazelle. You can do it. Pray to the Lord for strength. He's going to need to pray to the Lord for strength. How about that? He is our gazelle. That's his that's head. Why, that's why I had to play. There like, you go. How about that, you know, Bills offense? They've got some pieces that look to be coming together. For sure. Tyrod's an interesting, you know, bottom end, streaming type quarterback. You take him. Maybe he can give you a crap load of fantasy points like he did earlier in the season. He was highly, you know, efficient, was able to throw the ball, complete a lot of passes. And then eventually they opened the offense up, and with Sammy Watkins, that gave him, you know, even more ability. And the the pieces around him are great. Uh, Potentially, Sammy Watkins taking another step, uh, you know. Needs a healthy offseason, but yeah. Depending on you know what happens with LaShawn McCoy, you, know, you, him. you could see uh, Carlos, Carlos Williams, Williams get in sure. there. Gillisley's got some talent, and then Charles Clay back to getting healthy and being multifunctional. And then you know who knows, Percy Harvin maybe. Plain even? and simple. If McCoy, no, no, they're, they're, no. I'm done on that one. If, <laughs> if McCoy's gone, Carlos Williams is no longer a sleeper. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. Uh, Gillisley's the sleeper then. Gillisley yeah, would be a sleeper. If Gillisley's even signed, I mean, I don't even know if that guy's signed. McCoy's, they, they gotta get rid of him. I don't think they need Especially him. Especially with all the news around him and uh, beating the undercover cops up. At, You've got at so much money dead that you can't cut him. You've got, you'd be throwing away your next three years. Yeah, no, no, you know, they, they, they gotta keep you him. You just man. signed him. You, well, I mean, you gotta hope he gets suspended. Like, that's what you gotta do. You gotta hope he gets arrested and gets suspended. Like. That's such a putz. <laughs> Gillisley signed for he's getting into my least favorite player in the league. Uh, Real here. quick, yeah, and he's been close to it for a while. He's just a he's just a jackass. But yeah, won't argue, won't argue there. Bills, uh, good, good situation there. We'll see. You know, it's a good uh, another good season defense, with the whole so. team gelling together. Hopefully, I hopefully they don't go and, and mess and, and draft a quarterback too high. And kind of put, make everyone start thinking and, and, and thinking too much. I hope they will run with Tyrod and give him a little more opportunity as the leader because I, I think he can do some good stuff for that team. Do we want to stay here or do we want to go to another guy? Another no, guy. Another guy. So here's a guy that I, I think may end up not being a sleeper before it's all said and done, but um, I, I still don't think. I think that if you. I hope he's not reached for in drafts. Tyler Lockett. You know, love what this guy has to offer. Um, all the ability in the world has got a, a good quarterback that, that, that stays healthy, that doesn't get hurt, um, is going to be potentially the most dynamic. He is the most dynamic receiver on his team. Hopefully everyone buys high on Doug Baldwin and then helps to kind of allow Lockett to, 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 to be that guy that's still – because, again, I still can't see that you're drafting Lockett to be your number one or number two receiver on your fantasy team. I think – no chance. Right. He finished his wide receiver 42. So, right, but 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 again, that rookie, he showed yeah. all this and all he, the promise in the world. Even, yeah. So, curse is gone. 
So, I mean, he's going to be into a bigger role now. It's going to be a matter of, again, he's one of these guys that I can easily see becoming the flavor of the month of August with a couple good uh, preseason showings. And and it could really... Then you have to back off of it and say, okay, I, you know, I, I, I'll let someone else take the early bite on him. Because I, I don't thing. see him becoming a guy that's going to give you 1,300 yards and 95 catches. Here's you the know? thing, yeah. He's going to take the first punt back in the preseason for a touchdown. And <laughs> it's just going to be over from that. But he's going to be like a 900-yard receiver, maybe a 1,000. Like I disagree. I disagree, and I'll tell you why. This isn't going to be the same See, offense. I it wasn't the same offense, especially right in the middle of the year when Lynch got hurt. It became a passing offense, and there was a lot of passing going on. I mean, Wilson threw for... How many yards? 4,000. Over 4,000. Just, for just over 4,000. Still, but I mean... That In was, today's NFL, that's not... But compared to how he but started... But it's getting up. better. Yeah. And it's getting better for him. And he's getting better. Tyler Lockett was awesome. I mean, towards that... I mean, as soon as he started getting rolling, he started to really be a staple in that offense. They still had to feed Curse. I don't see the Baldwin continuing that, that stretch that he had. I mean, you... I mean, you, do you? No. I mean, do you see him being a perennial, like, 12, 13 touchdown guy with, you know, 80 receptions and, you know, 12, 1,300 yards? No, not at all. This Lockett kid has a lot of dynamic qualities to him, and he can be used in a lot of different situations. That they, I mean, Jimmy Graham will be coming back, so, I mean, that'll take a lot of the coverage off, too. I mean, those Is he coming back? Aren't some people thinking he might never come back from this injury? That was a dog thing, so it's the PCL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the one thing I'll say. One, we gotta have we gotta have Houdini re- rewrite his uh, under six wide receiver piece because it sounds like he's jumped to the other side of the belief on that one after a Tavon Austin, Austin and a Tyler Lockett. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I said as a rookie. I said that. as a rookie. I said the difference between these smaller receivers is that it takes them about used to be. Where we were talking about the three-year thing, I said it was three years for the small receivers, but you got a lot of these guys broke out in year two. Deshaun Jackson broke out in year Let's two. Let's revisit. Let's revisit. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I think I, I still like these. I like these guys. I just don't like them to be major producers in year one. I'm a Brandon Cooks owner in my fantasy keeper league, so hey, I'm I'm on board here. Chill. Just not on board as <laughs> much as you are. <laughs> see, let's see. Tyler Lockett, this year's John Brown. That's it. Thousand yards, seven eight touchdowns. I'll take it. I like, like it. Like, yeah, he, he's going to be a little bit of value. That's a good call. He's, like, he's like he's like a wide receiver three, a high end wide Plus, receiver three. If they keep him returning the ball, maybe the thing a couple is, extra touchdowns. The thing there is, too. I don't know. Like, can you put out a full time receiver and a full time returner and a full time kicker? Like, they, they always that. pair them back. The thing is, if they like his dynamic abilities. On punt returns, on kick returns, that means you're taking away, you know, some receiver potential. They like that they like always, the returning. They like always the returning more than the wide receiver. That's why they drafted this kid. They're like, this guy in the third phase of the game is going to light it up for him. And look what he did the first year. Like, Jesus, he's better than we thought. They moved up. Didn't they trade yes. a number of guys to get him in the third round? When that when people made that pick, I remember we were watching. Everyone was like, Wow, I'm pretty surprised by this pick. Great special teamer, but this is. And right out of the gates. And didn't he have game one, a punt yeah. return? Game two, a kick return? No, I mean, who had more receiving touchdowns this year? Uh, Tyler Lockett or Demaryius Thomas? Or Emmanuel Sanders? Tyler Lockett, yeah. Jarvis Landry? I I don't think it's going to be that high-functioning. I don't think it's going to be that high-functioning of a passing offense. To Tyler Lockett, 
guy. The guy's got some skills. Boys. He does. Have I, skills. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be more of a passing office than you think, though, Stags. Because I'm so, not saying they're going back to before. But no, no. But what I'm saying is that remember, it was Marshawn Lynch was. It was. It was all offense was based through Marshawn Lynch when when Russell Wilson came in. Russell Wilson came in not as a highly touted quarterback either, so they were really kind of limiting things for him. Russell Wilson shows that. You know what? He's he's fantastic, and mm-hmm. he can get it done, and he can get it done no matter what the situation. Now he's becoming a veteran in this league. He's becoming a solid guy that you can count on to make all the plays, and he does it, he's doing it without any playmakers on offense, really. No dynamic number one stud wide receiver. He made Doug Baldwin a number one wide receiver. Doug Baldwin was a waiver wire fire guy. guy. talking about is a dynamic player, so I disagree. With he's you dynamic, but he's not a guy that you can count on to be one of these Julio Jones, one of these type of receivers. He's not an Antonio like Brown. He's not one of these we spun guys. it around so that Houdini's now talking against Tyler Lockett. <laughs> this is great. No, no, <laughs> I'm talking against him as being a fortified number kidding, one. Kidding. And that's, and that's what, you know, look, they've been trying to add to that whole wide receiving core with the Paul Richardson and all this. And they've, they've had a lot of strikeouts, too. Yeah. They, can, they can line up with the Rams as far as all their strikeouts on wide receivers. Yeah. So, Richard, just saying. First round bust. All right, let's move on to another player team. What do you got? Someone throw somebody out there. Uh, I don't know. So you want to stick with receivers? No, do whatever you want. Pick a okay. guy. I'll throw out a, a Doriel Green Beckham. I think that the guy has got the skills. I Listen, he's got all the intangibles that you could possibly want in, in a receiver, plain and simple. And that, that offense, I think, is going to start to exploit. I, I know you want to – I mean, we can might as well talk about Marcus Mariota at this point, too. Because Love Marcus Mariota. Throw out, throw out some stuff on Marcus Mariota because I think that this offense is in for a big uptick. Uh, I mean, it's it's just it's been a franchise on the downswing for for a while now, and it's been tough to watch. But you get a guy that's like six five who can run the weight, run like the wind, like a <laughs> like a freaking Green Beckham. Who's listen? That guy was about as green as green could get. He didn't even play in college here before he got there. Uh, in the pros last year, and he seemed to hold his own towards the end. I mean, he was going up against the best defender on the team, and he was still starting to pull in some some catches and some touchdowns. He he almost had uh, as as good, if not better, stats than Kendall Wright. Yeah. Oh, he had. Yeah. So well, who was there? Who's been there for how long? And everyone kept absolutely. thinking that Kendall Wright was going to be the guy. How many games did Kendall Wright play? That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how many games did he play? Was it uh, like eight? Maybe maybe nine. I think for the like the first seven well, how many games, games yeah. Green Beckham he only got in for like twenty snaps a game. Maybe. So it's basically the equivalent. Green Beckham's definitely more of a threat. And the other benefit that he's going to have is that they still don't have a running game there. So you 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 can't you know they're not able they're going to have to be throwing the ball because and, and I'll, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after another running back in this year's draft. Throw, throw out what you got to throw out with Mariota because that adds to this discussion. Well, basically, Marcus Mariota played 11 games last season. And even though it'll say he played 12 games and averaged, you know, 16 and a half fantasy points, uh, he only really played 11 because he got 32 passing yards against the Patriots before coming out. So you take that out, and oh my gosh, he's suddenly averaging 18, 19 fantasy points a game. He was efficient throwing touchdowns, which is something you really didn't expect. Uh, he threw 19, but the things you didn't expect from Marcus Mariota was his ability to be loose with the ball. Uh, Threw 10 interceptions in those 12 games and also lost 6 fumbles. We, we saw the fumbles from college, that was one of the things that was sort of a problem with Marcus Mariota. 
He's a little bit loose with the football. If he can clean that up. I just don't know if they have the offensive coaching staff around him. I feel like you've already got a lame duck head coach. Yeah. Like, Mike Malarkey, like, it's, thanks. It is. That's a pr- <laughs> Thanks. You know, this is what you're going to give me to work with? Yeah. I mean, I think the offensive line will get a little better. I think they'll, you know, getting Kendall Wright back, getting, you know, they threw over 200 passes to tight ends last season. 200 passes to tight ends. You know what? If, if it works, it works. But I'm glad. I mean, the thing is that without Kendall Wright there being healthy and uh, Green Beckham just not knowing what the fuck he was doing basically for a whole year, uh, of course you're going to use those tight ends. The thing is, they have great tight ends. And Delaney Walker could catch pretty much anything in his range. I think it's just it's an offense on the up at this point. It can't be any far down, any any worse than it was uh, last season. Thing is, is that he. For, for a guy, for a rookie throwing to basically nobody, he's still completed 62% of his passes. That's impressive for a, for a guy who's throwing to nobody, you know? And let's also remember, they didn't even let the wheels, you know, the training wheels come off and let him run the ball pretty much True. hardly last season. And you saw when he was given a couple rushes, that ability to break, what, what do you break, an 88-yarder? What do you do, catch a touchdown pass? Yeah. You know, he's got some juice. And if they ever allow him to use that, he's going to be a monster. And I think if you're drafting towards the back end, when you're drafting the 8th to the 10th round, that's when you're getting your first quarterback. You know, Marcus Mariota's got to roll the dice on. How many quarterbacks as a rookie could say that they, in a third of their games as a rookie, threw for three or more touchdown passes? One out of every three games that he threw for three or more. Pretty awesome. That's I like the explosion factor with him for uh, uh, Green Beckham. I love the fact that this is a guy who was had to move around colleges. He had a, a rep. He was a shirt when he was at Missouri uh, three years ago after his freshman year. This guy was literally like a, a Megatron style number Megatron. number two or three overall pick. Dragged his girlfriend down the stairs. Had to transfer. Zero problems. You didn't hear anything about him. Learned how to be a this year as a pro. Learned how to be a pro. He was an orphan. There's, there, yeah, he's you got a lot of he's got a lot of like crazy great, great story Very reading cool about story, him. But, Absolutely. But this year as an NFL player, you can see kind of like I made it here. Now nah, I'm not gonna fuck it up because I could easily be on my way out and uh, like a number of these friggin' Johnny Manziel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got, there's so many ways that I could take this and I, the, the the leash is not going to be that long for me because I have prior uh, I got prior records and prior uh, cons, uh, whatever. Kind of people have people have preconceived notions of me. So I love that about him where I can get a whole off season working with one of the Greatest heads for a young guy in the game in Mariota. He could hopefully he's locked. He's living by that guy and hanging out with him and playing catch with him and just being soaking it all up and just turning that corner fully. And there's nowhere but up with that God-given talent he's got and that situation. He's going to be. I don't care if Wright's back next year. He's the wide receiver number one on that team. Period. Period. Ed. I, I want to say for a guy that can throw three touchdowns per game. Yeah. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. And he's got the dual threat thing going for him, too, without a running game quite yet, either. Uh, the, last, uh, the last thing we want to say on this guy, and it's not even about him, you just mentioned a name right there, Menz. You mentioned uh, Johnny, Johnny Menzel. Um, man, it's not. It, it, a month ago, I was saying this guy's not going to be in the league for another year or two. Now I'm honestly worried about his stability, like as a person. I, I wonder if that, something terrible is going to happen to him. Uh, 
caused by himself. His and, dad sure seems uh, to I'm think really, so. Uh, I mean, I, everybody seems that concerned about him, but uh, except for him and his girlfriend. Wait, what? I can't hear you. I just oh, got my ear shattered. Oh. I really just, I mean, I. Did, did he go to Tennessee? I almost don't want to say anything <laughs> bad about him anymore because I'm afraid something terrible is going to happen. I'm going to have to apologize for speaking bad about him. I, I really just hope that guy gets his shit together real soon because it could be really bad ski within the next month and a month or two. He, I could see something terrible happen. Really terrible. The minute you start hearing about a guy dressing up in fake, like, mustache and wigs <laughs> and going to Vegas and going to Planet Hollywood. Which is like, that's like saying, I'm going yeah. to Vegas, but I'm not going to like the Cosmo because that's where all the cool people that would know me would be. I'm going to go to Planet Hollywood where no one's going to have any idea what I'm all about. <laughs> you friggin' idiot. <laughs> he was like using his own credit cards there. Anyway, I am going to make fun of him and I hope that he, nothing bad does happen, but I think he can rebound. It's not That story's not done and, 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 and nailed its coffin, but... Johnny Manziel. Where's your rope? It was a stinky... But these are my recreation clothes. They look expensive. Thank you. <laughs> I got a guy. He was tearing it up a little bit before he got injured. Coming back for that Dallas backfield, a Lance Dunbar, who was killing it in PPR leagues, had a, what, 10 reception game earlier this season, and then got hurt. He's an interesting guy. You know, I'm never going to be sold on Darren McFadden. He could play the next 10 seasons, 16 games a year, and I'd still think of him as injury prone. Don't you think, <laughs> one thing I'll say, because I actually like D-Mac for this year, only for one reason. Everyone hates him. I think he's going to come at a value. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that I won't draft him, but I'm going to hate it when I press draft. <laughs> well, he, he, See, Lance, Lance Dunbar is also one of these guys that's, he's, it's all about the receptions for him, right? Because... Yeah. At five foot eight, one hundred ninety pounds, you're not you're not an inside runner. You realize he's not going to be on Dallas next year. I I think he will. You think do, do you think they're going to sign him? Yeah, Dunbar after coming off an ACL injury like that. Yeah, I do. He was there, but like once they moved Darren McFadden into the rushing role and sort of out of the receiving role, and they saw how you know Lance Dunbar could succeed. Like this is sort of that Kendall Hunter thing where three games he played, really, yeah. yeah. Remember, you can say four, he's like Mariota with the with the extra game. With Kendall Hunter, basically, uh, you remember when San Francisco went out and re-signed him on a make-good deal? You know, nobody else is going to come out and sign him. You can get him cheap. You know, you know what the guy's about. Neither, it's not like he's a fucking Joseph Randall. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, no, you get, Ooh, get got arrested there. again this week. Yeah. I, I'd have a tough time re-signing a, a five-foot-eight running back who... Had a couple we, of good We talk about Ryan how had. you hate the gimmick wide receiver, but yet you want the gimmick running back? I don't understand this. <laughs> Basically. I gotta throw that back at you. Sorry. I just don't he, understand He's the not gimmick. a gimmick. Yes, he is. Did, has Tavon Austin ever caught 10 passes in his career? Has Has Lance Dunbar <laughs> ever had more more than. Uh, what, what's his Use total? the carries against them. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Carries. I think yeah, the the Tavon Austin probably had more carries <laughs> than Dunbar. The thing is. Thank you. What. What I like about running backs late in the draft, do they have something that they do well that will get them on the field? Okay, it, do you want to know who the guy is that's better at that then? Duke Johnson. Go after Duke Johnson, the guy who... Duke Johnson's going to go eight rounds higher well, than no. Lance Dunbar. Lance Dunbar's going to go undrafted. Can, can I ask you a question about Lance Dunbar? 
do you, if, if dog's right and they don't and it doesn't resign with the Cowboys, are you digging them anymore, or is it all situational on that team? It's all like I I can't say I can't say for sure. I mean, I've seen Lance Dunbar do it in a small sample that I like him going forward. But if things change dramatically for Lance Dunbar, or they bring somebody else in to be the pass catching back, or they draft somebody to be the bell cow, then everything changes. Of course. But talk about this shit early is hard. All right, motherfucker. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. If he comes back to Dallas and is determined to be the pass catching back in in that offense, then yes, I do like him as well. I think the pass catching back in that offense is a great sleeper, whoever it may be, because I don't. It, right now, it's not determined. He's not re-signed. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have one yet. Right now, it's Ben Molina. You know, and no, do you know yeah. who that is? Yeah, he went to Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah. With hey, Ben Molina. He's also Ben You know, he's also a tiny little back who could. Yeah, he's a thick guy. He's a thick guy. Yes. The thing is, I. When it comes to late round drafting running backs, here's what I like to do. Can they do something well? Can they score touchdowns? Can they catch passes? Are they going to be on the field at all? Are they a strict backup? Because what's the point of me drafting a strict backup? Like, yeah, maybe. I mean, but is he, like, can I draft Niall Davis and be sure that he's going to be the guy? Or are they going to give it to Sharkandrick West, who can do a couple other things and, you know, just take on more work? Like, that's how I like to pick my late-round running backs. Who had more fantasy points, Eddie Lacy, C.J. Anderson, or Charles Sims? Charles Sims. Sims, yes. Nice. <laughs> Go with your Duke. Drop a Duke on us, buddy. Well, I'm just saying, look, again, that whole Cleveland team was a quagmire last year. So that's going to allow... Giggity, giggity, giggity. Exactly. And that's going to allow all these guys to drop in drafts. And Duke Johnson is the premier pass-catching back out of that offense. You're not going to have to worry about Isaiah Crowell. He has an opportunity if he hits the weight room hard in this offseason that he can, you know, you know, he's where Lance Dunbar is 5'8", he's only 5'9", but he has an extra 15 pounds. Now, if he can go from 206 pounds to 215 pounds and, and still maintain, well, no. <laughs> you, listen, you, you He's already done it once. He gained 20 pounds in college and he was slow. Like, I don't want him to do that again. <laughs> well, it depends on how you're gaining yeah, weight in college, okay? It's like, it's, look, you Can hit the weight. Why doesn't he have to worry about Crowell? He's gone. What's wrong with Crowell? Crowell's no. just no good. Different role. Different role. And at the same time, too, I look, said, no, if he was gonna be you got Hugh Jackson now who's taking over there. So it's going to become a much more, again, the, the, what does Hugh Jackson do? It's run oriented offense. So. And running back oriented offense. That's where a lot of the a lot of the the, the uh, power of, the, of that offense is going to come from. They're going to be looking for a new quarterback. You know who's who's going to be their quarterback? We don't know. That's going to be probably one of the more things that could be a question mark for him. But he's going to be the guy that's going to be the dump off guy, and he's proven that he can do it. All I want to see from him is if he can develop a little bit more ability in the offseason to break a tackle and not be a 2.5, 2.8 yards per carry guy. If he can just break one tackle every three carries, he becomes so much more valuable. I think the best thing going for Duke Johnson are his wide receivers, plain and simple. You put Josh Gordon on one side, Travis Benjamin on another, you got a Gary Barnage running out of the slot, and you got a, even an Andrew Hawkins uh, running out there. Just I'm who's sorry, who's that gives ball. you a lot of room to get a little dump-off pass a lot, or draws, or whatever. I think that's right up Duke Johnson's alley. That would definitely help him within that offense. I'm just concerned at who the quarterback's going to be. That's what oh, everybody is. There. But that's why you can't, that's why nobody's going out there and drafting Duke Donaldson before the 7th or 8th round. Sure. 
I mean, he's got a lot of question marks. Yeah, can he develop running in between the tackles? Because we haven't really seen that. Yeah, Josh, so far. Josh McCown's a. a okay. I mean, he could be pretty, <laughs> he could be pretty good. It's starting to get a little cold be. in here, guys. So I want you guys to remind me that to turn the heat back on after you left. Because I don't know if I told you, but a couple times I forgot, yeah. and I went to bed and I woke up and it's freezing. I don't want the pipes freezing uh, on me. Uh, but I'm going to go in on a, on a sleeper that right now you just mentioned. You did, and that's Josh Gordon, a guy that last game that he played was the 21st of December 2014. This knucklehead has missed two straight seasons. Uh, pretty hard to friggin' believe. Um, very hard to believe, actually, that a guy uh, <laughs> has, has had to have two. He's he's still he's going to be a restricted free agent, and next year restricted free agent um, in 2017. So this guy has punted two full seasons of eligibility off. So they still own him on his original rookie contract this year. Well, the, the, but he's a talent, and we know that if they get it, some sort of quarterback situation. He's, he's, he's a stud. He is a stud, but and no we, one's getting. Can we talk ball. about the draft day? Uh, Cleveland Browns and the character guys that they're drafting. <laughs> they didn't draft. They, they they drafted more character guy in the in the in the movie than they did in, in real life with Johnny Manziel <laughs> and Josh Gordon. Uh, Here's yeah. the thing: draft day. He's already being highly drafted. That's what concerns me. Giant, yes. Yeah, fourth, fourth, fifth round. Oh, okay. So I, I, I don't think he's gonna fall. Like, he's going to be a top 25 type of receiver draft. Yeah, okay. If there's not value, I'm staying away. Unless they I mean, draft a sick quarterback that's a rookie. But Even then, he's still a rookie, and you're getting that sort of Mike Evans sort of treatment when he doesn't have the size. Like, it's like, oh, can he do it? You know, what What was the accuracy like? And gotcha. I want you to take it easy. I need your help. Take it easy. <laughs> Um, oh, you you got a split. You're going to your uh, little workout action. Yes, sir. Um, do we have... You got, you got any final sleeper to throw at us, Dad? Throw before a sleeper you on the, when you're on the run. Let's see. Marvin Jones. Because he is pretty much the best wide receiving option on the market. Uh, they're going to re-sign Alshon Jeffrey or franchise him, one of the two. He's going to be on the Chicago Bears next, te- next season. You think Marvin Jones is? No. No, I'm saying Alshon. So is, Marvin's he, the best guy on the market. He, Marvin's the best guy on the market. He's going to go to a team if you know Megatron retires, and you know he's going to end up being there with a Golden Tate, and he's going to be a solid option. You know, you know who they're saying is going to take my uh, my uh, Braxton Miller is the Lions. I don't know about that. He seems very similar to a Golden Tate. You know the things they do well. That's the question. All right, have a good workout, buddy. Um, Let's throw out some more uh, guys. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one. Yeah, the Gordon one. If he's going that high, I, it, I, I, he's not a sleeper and he's not a value. I if I can sneak him out and he has a bad preseason and I can get him uh, rolling a dice on. Let's him. This When's the earliest she'll take him? Or when do you think he'll be a value? I guess. I mean, in all honesty, past the eight, ninth round. Whew. You will not be you all no stocks of Josh. I think if you can get him late seventh round, eighth round, I think he becomes a sleeper value at that point in time. Josh and here's Gordon? yeah, and here's the thing though. I'm I know where his third. ADP may be, but <laughs> there are plenty of people that are in leagues that with with other people who just are asleep on at the wheel. So if you're in one of those leagues and you have the opportunity to grab a guy like this in the seventh, eighth round who has the potential to be what we saw him a couple years ago. 
Holy crap, that's worth the the, uh, the the investment. Quick question before you go. So you're saying Alshon's getting re-signed by the Bears? Mm-hmm. Does that help or hurt, in your opinion, my guy, my next sleeper, Mr. Kavina White? I, I think it helps him. Basically, they need weapons on that team. And last season, they were you know devoid of any of them. You saw the the signing of Eddie Royal blow up in their faces. You know, Martellus Bennis regress when he was healthy. You know, Zach Miller scored more fantasy points than Martellus Bennett did. Uh, they can't throw it to the running backs every play, even though it seemed like they wanted to at points last season. Um, it, it's going to help them. I, I think Kevin White just needs to have a season of being the vertical sort of threat and see what happens. Alshon is going to be the guy that catches 85 to 90 passes should he be healthy. But, you know, Kevin White's the guy who's going to average 15, 16 yards a catch. It's going to be like this Julio Roddy White situation from a few years back. Right when, you know, uh, Julio got in the league, that's what they asked him to do. Go deep. Take the top off the defense. You know, run some screens and use your power then. They are going to, they're going to coddle him next year. And that... He's going to have some value. He's going to be he's being drafted actually, you know, wide receiver 3, wide receiver 4 territory. But as soon as these new rookie new rookies come in there and you see them and remember, he hasn't played in a season, so he doesn't have that shine on him of being a rookie. You know, these other rookies are going to have much much more shine, much more appeal. So, you'll have that going for you in terms of sleeper sure. appeal. I agree. Valverde. Valverde. She hails from the Oaxaca Parish Convent of the Immaculate Heart Sisters Lady Mountains of Guadalupe. <laughs> English. English. Donald I've been Trump, cramping. I've had diarrhea since Easter's. Easter's. Nacho Libre, by the way. Nacho Libre. Nacho. And the music is Fuzz. The opener songs Earth and Gate, and the closer is one. Fuzz, Sweet Band, Ty Siegel. That guy's uh, basically a music, musical god right now. No one's putting out more music than that guy. Uh, he is a guitar virtuoso. He's the, probably the greatest thing to come out. Uh, he's, he's like Jack Black was back in uh, the turn of the century. This guy, watch out for him. Ty Siegel. He's in so many bands. That's an old uh, one of his original bands called Fuzz. Well, let's give him a birthday. Over there in the tree is a chipmunk nest. Here we have the corn, the best in the city. It's delicious. That's where I get the day-old chips over in the secret place. And that is a crazy lady. So, now you got a little taste of what I do. It's pretty dang exciting, huh? <laughs> All right, uh... Oh, yeah, I hope Kevin White just plays. I want to see him get going. I think uh, I think the way Steggs described it uh, could be could be correct. I kind of hope that we don't sign Alshon Jeffrey, but well, no, they, they they can't let him go right now. They, it, it'll be franchise tag most likely is what's going to happen. So you keep him for one more year, you make him prove it. They're not going to give him a big contract because. With how many soft tissue injuries did that guy have last yeah. year? Uh, they, a calf, a hamstring, uh, everything. They got to keep him, but they can't extend him too much. So yeah, it's something along those lines. You guys got? Uh, I got a couple other guys on my list. You got? You, I got a couple you, of yeah. those too. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, I got one that's. I don't. I wouldn't even get to consider him asleep. But the the others I have are 
for a different show. They're okay. Deep, deep, All right, well, deep let deep. me let me give you one then. How about Devonte Parker? Okay, here's the guy that that had so, a couple big games, you know, but then kind of you know he was he would show up, he disappeared. It was the rookie season. He had the injury he was dealing with. He didn't come in till late. The Dolphins are going to have a much easier strength of schedule next year than they did this year. Yeah. This year was, this past year was a horrendous year. So I'll also throw another guy that I'll throw with. There's Ryan Tannehill is going to have a much better year next year. We're going to, you're going to see uh, a lot closer, if not better, um, than he was two years ago. When everyone was expecting him to take that extra next step this last year, it didn't happen. And I think that when you look at Devontae Parker and uh, 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 I'll kind of talk about them both here, I like Parker in the sense that Jarvis Landry is one hell of a wide receiver. But Jarvis Landry is not a take-the-top-off-of-it wide receiver. He is not a guy who's going to be a 10-plus touchdown wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He is going to be your PPR, dominate the middle, to maybe get you 1,100 yards, going to maybe get you 100 catches, but he's probably going to end up about five or six touchdowns at the most at the end of the year, whereas Devontae Parker is going to be that explosion-type guy. He's going to be the guy that, if Tannehill can ever figure out how to throw the deep pass, this is the guy he's going to have to learn to do it with. And if that happens... And this maturity for, for Tannehill now gets to the point that if he really works with Parker and if Parker takes all the things that he needs to do in the offseason and working with him can really move his game up a couple, three, four, five different levels from where he's been. And I think that that is where I look for. I look for the guy that has the potential and can, can go there. And he has... Where we talked about some of these other guys, where we talk about the Cleveland guys, we talk about with uh, the, the San Francisco guys, they don't have a quarterback. Tannehill is a capable quarterback, and if he really works on his craft, and, and, and they and they got rid of Bill Lazor, they they finally going to get an offense that's going to be more in tune with what he can do. Yeah, and you have a Lamar Miller who's an established now running back. I like also what you got. If and, Lamar Miller's still there, if he's still there, but I'll tell you what, if not, I still like what JHI showed last year Agreed. as well. So they have all these young guys that are really ready to step they into that Miller role. They need Miller to stick around there, or or replace that guy. Yeah. They need Which, what they need is stability, and I think that they just need to keep some of the same players around for a little bit. Have an offensive coordinator who sticks there and has a game plan for the future. I think that most of them were just kind of mix and match. Let's hope for something that sticks. Just stick with something, go with it, and that's what they got to do. And I think that's what they're working towards. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not as concerned now on the offensive side of the ball with the Andamakan Sue crap that they did on the defensive side. Really rang exactly the same thing that they did on the offensive side when they signed Mike Wallace and, and, and traded for him, and you know, it brought him in there. I think now that they're finally understanding on the offensive side, it's got to be Tannehill's team. We have to put people in there who are going to be the team players and let him be the leader of that offense. Mm-hmm. And I think he is now. And I, I think that I hope so. We'll see how yeah, quickly we'll see how, we'll we'll see how it goes. But it, I think that, that the potential quickly. If it's through seven games, the guy looks like garbage, and Gase is like, "Crap, this guy's not going to be my guy." Then whispers start happening. You start. But how much does that help to have Gase there? I think it helps out a lot. I think the one thing we got to see is, is, is hopefully the strength schedule is in his favor, yeah. and uh, everyone's got to stay healthy. You know, Parker's got to stay healthy. I love what I love all the other pieces, and I think Miller's got to stay around or. You know, not to go against what I said first thing in the show, but 
Any reason why Forte wouldn't want to go down and end it out in Miami and go re, re, no, rejoin no with the Gays? Now all of a sudden you got Forte run. If you lose Miller, and you got Forte And if you're bringing a guy like Forte, it's a smart move because here's a great locker room guy, Continuity. total team player, and understands the offense. Yeah, okay, I like that one. Uh, dual down, Miami should be interesting. I'm gonna go. I'll do one more. Uh, and that's Clive Walford. You know, I've been uh, loving that guy and hoping he would really crack into that other uh, atmosphere, hemisphere all season. And it never really happened. But I think this is a guy that showed he can play and score fantasy football uh, points at the NFL level. And the, let's be honest, don't you think that uh, that team is needed of even more weapons at the wide receiver position? And it seems like with him and Mari Cooper and Crabtree, it's, it's on the up and up. Carr is coming in. He's going to be just... Fever pitch, confidence going into uh, going into next season for him and Walford. If he can just get more action, didn't get many targets, didn't get many catches, but still was able to be a TD kind of high percentage TD guy. So again, this is a sleeper. This is a guy that there are so many tight ends that are going to be going ahead. He's probably of him. a deep sleeper, but. Isn't this one of the guys out of all of these guys that yeah. I've mentioned that I could see being on my team? That's like, whoa, that's the difference maker. That's a new. That's like a guy that's got ten touchdowns this year, and out of nowhere, you're getting the sleeper, deep sleeper guy, and now he's like, he's your starting flex, and you're playing two tight ends. He's a perfect guy because he is out of nowhere. He will come out of nowhere for people, you know. And I think that he has that potential. So I, I like that. I, what I love about him is that he's one of those guys that if you are drafting your, your tight ends. I don't think you need to be running after and going back-to-back on tight ends in rounds 9 or 10 or whatever. You grab whatever you grab your first one. You want to wait till the end. You want a nice little tricky, sleek, yeah. sleek pick, kind of like Tyler Eifert was last year where it's you know has all the potential in the world. Walford's got that. Think yeah. about think about all the other tight ends that came out of nowhere last year. Watson was a super late pick, if even if even drafted. It was yeah. a pickup. Yep. We saw Zach Miller was a pickup guy that was lighting it up for a little spell before he got hurt. So there's there's so much action at, at the tight end position right now, and I'm sure there's a couple more uh, there's a couple more t- tight ends that'll get drafted that can be in the mix. Last one I'm going to mention that I, I know, like, like I said that the guys I'm going to mention that this one actually isn't a I don't know if he's a sleeper. I think people know his name by now a little bit. Will Ty. Uh, you know, yeah. he did do some damage there towards the end. I mean, he was a top five, a top four uh, tight end in the last five weeks of the year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Did better in Barnage, did better in Watson, as, as you were mentioning, did better in Olsen, better in Gronk. Wow. You know, I mean, so, I mean that's. And he's an athlete. And he so, is. And so yeah. is Walford. That's the reason why I like both these guys. Both these guys are really gifted athletes. And the yeah, other they, thing is, too, at the tight end position, teams want that. And what else What else does Will Ty have going for him? Is anyone going to pay attention to him when you got Odell exactly. Beckham Jr. on the field? Hell no. Not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And that's a, that's a huge thing, obviously. Yeah. The problem with somebody like a Will Ty or, or like a, uh, a Walford yeah. is the fact that what if Larry Donnell comes back? That's the competition. Yeah. Uh, they still have Michael Rivera there. But That's how much do you believe in Larry Donnell, a guy who didn't block ever? Well, I'd rather have Ty right. and I'd rather have Walford but than either Rivera, but it's still the competition. you got to wait yeah. and see what pans out a little bit. But either way, I would still take those guys 
over their counterparts, you know. Because the other thing is new coaching know. system, uh, new well, you know, same coach, offense coordinator moving up. You got to think he's pretty excited to, to flex his tie muscle a little yeah. bit more than the Eli's same old, same old. Uh, too, and yeah. Way, so. and, and the other thing is that Eli doesn't like to get knocked on his ass. So yeah. when Larry Donnell's out there, he's either catching a touchdown or he's letting Eli get killed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the other thing is that it's with Clive Walford, I think that again you got a, a young quarterback in Derek in Carr. Um, so I didn't say David. Uh, and Derek Carr, who likes what he has, and, and where Rivera has some abilities, here's a guy that has never been able to consistently stay on the field, is always getting hurt, and seems to just take wicked hits all the time. So Walford, where you saw him making all these plays, you never saw him taking the exposure hits like Rivera was. So I think that it's one of those things that you're going to look at. And you're going to say, you know what? Let's put more of our. If I'm if I'm a betting guy, I'll put more of my chips behind Walford, just because of the the type of player that he is versus a guy like Rivera, who has just never been able to stay on the field at any point in time in his career. Agreed. Last guy, I guess. Maybe yeah. Well, I got I got one more last guy for me. Okay. I'm done. I'm, I'm I mean, this, this, hey, this guy actually, like I said, the don't guys I mentioned right here. Is, don't even have to preface it. Matt Jones. Plain and simple. And with okay. Morris gone. Uh, that's the thing. He's not going to be a sip. With with Morris yeah. likely gone, I mean, both of them were in the top, you know, 45. You combine those stats together, and this guy's a top 10 player. And he has player. the breakaway ability that Alfred Morris never had. Yeah. You know, he was driving a Ferrari, and, and he's, uh, Morris was still in his Mazda. He, so, <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had some breakout games even this year when he wasn't right? getting a yeah. lot of opportunities. A couple boneheaded plays. But, yeah, Jones is a guy that I really like going into the season. Agreed. Might be he, he, He's more totally worth mentioning. If you haven't been paying attention to the Redskins for whatever reason, the best thing that could happen to them is re-signing uh, Cousins to a long-term contract, which is going to happen, and starting this new tenure with Cousins, hopefully keeping the components there at the uh, at the wide receiver. Hopefully Jordan Reed's healthy, and you got Matt Jones going there, and that is a friggin' fantasy football goo offense right there in the Redskins. Real quick. And Ed, it's weird because we mentioned this. And I think that, uh, am I correct in saying that Eddie Lacy went number one last year in a lot of drafts? Yeah, I think he yes. averaged at number three, but in my in our league, in our league, my league went, two. he went two because Luck went first. And then oh, in my right. other league, he went two. So in both of my main leagues, he went two and He two. went number one in two of my leagues last year. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, the worst thing. It's just, it, it's the funniest I thing. Because Lacey played 15 games. You know, it's not like he didn't play he just didn't produce. Like 10 games or something like that. He played 15 games. Charles Sims had zero rushing touchdowns and had more fantasy points than Eddie Lacy, who was top one or two pick in a lot of leagues. Which also went to go to zero order. rushing touchdowns beat Eddie Lacy. I'll just say this so too: to, to, we talked about this in the preseason last year about Eddie Lacy. Anyway, when everyone was projecting him to be become this sixteen to, to eighteen, nineteen, maybe even a twenty touchdown guy, we kept saying. Since when does Aaron Rodgers defer when he's in the red zone? Mm-hmm. Even Doesn't before happen. the weight gain, you were talking about how he had asthma. Like the guy's got yeah. asthma. That was before he had asthma plus twenty three pounds. I, I couldn't say enough things to knock yeah. him out of your top five yeah. running backs without a doubt. I mean, he was. I remember I looked at you when Stas took Eddie Lacy with the number two overall. <laughs> me, me, me and you looked at each other. We were like, oh my God, yes, because he was bragging. And the other guy in my other league, Top Dollar, was talking about how much studying he'd done. He said, he walked in, you're all fucked. You guys are, I've been studying so much. I, I, I'm bringing in my A game. Top Dollar goes, Eddie Lacy, 
checking off the board. We're like, what? I thought you said you've been studying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Studying right, so, ESPN. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> what do you got? Who's so, the last one? The last guy is the guy who I had the rookie hard on for last year. Didn't have but only one game with more than three touchdown passes. It was a five-touchdown pass game. But still threw for over 4,000 yards, threw 22 touchdowns on the year. Jameis Winston. And the thing that impresses me the most about him is, number one, okay, they got rid of Lovey Smith now, so they're letting uh, Dirk Cotter run the, this whole team and, and keep his offense intact. I like the fact that he's going to be doing the same, running the exact same offense for a second year in a row. We saw how many passes did Mike Evans drop last year and how many touchdowns would he have had had Mike Evans just caught half of the ones that he dropped. Some bo- some long. Oh, nice, there was nice most one. of them Juicy were boxes. I had Mike Evans on my team last Juicy. year. Going, what the hell is going on? And you look at the fact that this is a guy who truly, I think, understands, has one of those rare football minds, and really is dedicated to becoming the best professional he can be. With all the off-the-field cra- off crap that he had while he was at Florida State, he really did so much to put all that behind him and to prove his professionalism. And I'll tell you what. When this guy gets to the Super Bowl, and if he loses in the Super Bowl, he ain't going to do a cam at the podium deal either. That's for sure. I'm, I will mention a few other reasons why Please. he's a great sleeper for you. Um, he still plays in a division that gives up a lot of passing touchdowns. You know, I mean, Cam Newton's division. Yeah, I mean, even though he, there's Josh Norman in division that doesn't, you know, take care of all of the passing touchdowns, there's still going to be a lot of passing touchdowns in that division. Second, how I mean, Mike Evans has got to get better. Third. Austin Safarian Jenkins only played half a year, basically, and is he's only a, going a, to get back. He's a sleeper. He's a guy you're putting he's in, on my list. He's too, putting yeah. in your uh, shine on your crazy diamond. And I got another. There's another uh, couple guys that actually have some deep sleeper appeal, like a Kenny Bell. Mm-hmm. They've been talking him up. Even now, they're still talking him up about being a guy to watch for next year in that offense. I remember talking him up last mm-hmm. offseason and how excited I was to see him play, and then he got injured and didn't get to play all year. But that guy's going to be something to watch as well. He, that, that kid is just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, believe me, watch him Do next year. Remember that they're going to resign Doug Martin. And yeah, I mean, I think well, Doug Martin wants to be back there, mm-hmm. plain and simple. He's, he's, I think he earned a, a right to be back there by the team. Absolutely, and I think that he's going to be back there. I think that's a great one-two punch still with a Martin and a Sims, two great uh, pass catchers. I think that you're right. Absolutely, Winston has everything going for him, and it never gets cold. Don't. <laughs> That's right. Hey, it should be. Makes it easier to pass late in the season. Plain and simple. Well, there you have it, guys. That's our first pass at uh, at some uh, sleepers. It's never too early to go to sleepers, and it's nice to have the podcast on a little early tonight. So we're going to be going to sleepers earlier than we usually do uh, after these podcasts. That's a beautiful thing about the you know this off season stuff, and we're going to try and keep our shows a little bit shorter. Um, Go, moving forward here and during the offseason because we got a little crazy with our three-hour dogs. We're going to be making some uh, exciting changes that we mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago. Moving over to Blog Talk Radio and their directory. You're going to be hearing more pre-rolls and some more ads during these shows. Sorry. So deal a, with it. Yeah, it's just a progression. That we're, it's just what we got to do to kind of make the right steps towards us being able to do this full-time as our full-time job and that's just going to, that comes with the territory. We're doing a lot of blabs, so Check out those. If you're not familiar with it, it's a conversational kind of video site. You do have to have a Twitter account. If you don't do Twitter, that's fine. Sign up for a Twitter account and just use it to watch our blabs. 
But Pyro Pros, uh, I'm not going to do any promotion on that, but we're putting, uh, we did not blab this episode, but we will be blabbing future ones, and we blabbed the last one, and we're going to show, we have it for Pyro Pros, the full video transcript, or not transcript, full video of our podcast will be up for pro members, uh, but the blabs will be available for free. I think me and Mo are doing one on um, Saturday. I don't know if Houdini's going to be in on that or not, but uh, we will... Um, no, Valentine's Day, buddy. Valentine's? That Saturday? I thought it was Sunday. Yeah, yeah but it's all weekend. It's called okay. the weekend, and there Saturday's you go. There you go. That's why I'm glad to be single. What up, Daisy? That's my Valentine's. Here's a snossage. <laughs> <laughs> but God, God bless it. Check it out. One thing I noticed today, which is friggin' awesome, uh, we've been promoting and sending people more to the iTunes store. And you guys, if you haven't written up a review or given us a rating, please do it. But today we ended up at we're the 11th fantasy football show on iTunes, which I'm pretty sure that's the highest we've ever been. So we're going to keep on promoting and pushing people to iTunes uh, more than Buzzsprout, which we're actually leaving Buzzsprout and going over to Blog Talk Radio. I'm starting to ramble. We love you. You love us. This is 2016 fantasy football. Sleep and we're closing out episode one of the offseason with Fuzz's song, One. One. We love you guys. Thank you.
us he has ended and all the children are gone something good inside me helps me to carry on I ate some bugs I ate some grass I use my hand to wipe my tears to kiss your mouth I break my vow no 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 Jose unless you want to then we break our vows together Encarnacion, Encarnacion, Encarnacion.